Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Most people didn't live through the 39 stripes. We talked about all this last week. Please get that CD if you ordered if it's not available. Most people didn't even live through it. So he says, behold the man. Now in verse 6, when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they said, crucify him, crucify him. Keep in mind, there's a mob mentality going on here. It's out of control. These people are thirsty for blood. Pilate is scared and freaked out. Pilate said, you take him and crucify him. I find no fault in this man. And remember, his wife came to him and said, don't have anything. I had a sweetie. I had a dream about this guy. Don't have anything to do with him. His wife said that. Look at verse 7. The Jews said, we have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself to be God. Leviticus 24, 16 says that. We have a law, and according to our law, he has to die because he made himself to be God. And finally, finally, we have the real reason for the problem with Jesus. Finally. It wasn't that he didn't pay us taxes. It wasn't that he was an insurrectionist. It wasn't that he was hanging out with prostitutes and sinners and that's why they didn't like him or that, they, that, that he was trying to cause an, uh, an uprising. The beef that they had with Jesus, the real problem they had with Jesus was because he proclaimed to be God. That's the problem. And when somebody says to you that Jesus never claimed to be God because there are many cults who believe that Jesus never claimed to be God over and over and over and over. There is a plethora of scripture that tell us that Jesus claimed to be God. That is the reason why they wanted to kill the man. Point blank period. They wanted to kill him because he claimed to be God. Verse 8 tells us Pilate was even more afraid. Now, why? Well, listen, the Romans, including Pilate, was very, they were very suspicious people. And they believed that from time to time the gods could empower humans. They believed that the gods, small g, could give humans supernatural ability or the gods themselves would leave God world, if you will, and come to the earth like Hercules. So when Pilate hears that Jesus claimed to be the son of God, Pilate is afraid. Why? Because he just beat him up. Y'all say amen. And if this guy is God, Houston, we have a problem. And remember the words of women, they come back at you. Fellas, say amen. 
She said, honey, don't have anything to do with this guy. It's not good. So they said he's telling us that he is God. And Pilate is afraid. Verse 9, Pilate goes back to the praetorium and said to Jesus, where are you from? Now, y'all understand this, don't you? He's not asking about his address. Say amen. Where are you from? Like, are you from the realm of the gods? Notice the claim of Jesus and the calm of Jesus makes Pilate nervous. Verse 10, Pilate said, are you speaking, not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power over you and power to release you? Now, the question is, why didn't Jesus say anything to Pilate? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, to fulfill Bible prophecy. Remember Isaiah 53. He opened not his mouth, fulfilling Bible prophecy. Also, he had already told Pilate, I'm a king. I came from God to bear witness of the truth. And Pilate walked out and said, what is truth? Look at chapter 18. Chapter 18, look at it. Uh, Verse 38. Look at that. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Jesus had already told him. I came to bear witness of the truth. Pilate says, what is truth? Jesus didn't answer because Jesus knows that Pilate doesn't want an answer. You know, some folks don't want an answer. When Y'all need to hear me. Listen, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look, look at me. Some folks don't want an answer. They just, some people just want to argue. They just want to argue. They don't want an answer. And you got to ask the Lord to give you wisdom to know when that time is to give him an answer and when not to give him an answer. Because Pilate, he, he, he didn't want an answer. Jesus tried to, he told him, I came bear, to bear witness of the truth. And Pilate goes, what is truth? Pilate just doesn't want an answer. Can I tell you something? Listen, when God has revealed something to a person and that person doesn't act on what they now know, God has nothing more to say. God stops speaking. Fact. Read your Bible. And that's why I tell you, actually coming to church is dangerous. If you are coming to church and you are not responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ, understand that the early church, they didn't have unbelievers come to the early church. There was, there was never unbelievers in the early church. There were never people who didn't know Christ. Then the early church, they never gave an altar call. Because everybody in the cave Everybody in the catacomb, everybody in the underground ceremony that they were having were Christians and they were believers. But nowadays we have churches that are full of people. And I'm not so foolish to believe that every single person in this room is a born again Christian and knows Jesus. I'm not so foolish to believe that. But I will tell you this, that coming to church on Sunday morning and gathering knowledge, and especially if you're doing it year after year, and especially if you're going to a church that teaches the word of God, you are amassing great knowledge of God. And if you don't respond to that knowledge, someday God's going to hold you accountable for that which you do know. Not only that, but then you run the risk of God stop speaking. God will stop knocking on the door of your heart. Y'all need to hear me. You don't hear this among preachers very much, do you? There will come a time where your heart is so hard that God stops speaking. He's no longer talking to you. Why? Because you're not listening. It's not that he doesn't want to talk to you, but you're not listening. So why should he talk to you? 
That's what happened with Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart and hardened his heart and hardened his heart and hardened his heart to the point where Pharaoh had, he didn't have the ability to soften his heart to hear the word of the Lord and to repent. The ability wasn't there because he continued to harden his heart. So, so Jesus didn't give Pilate an answer because of Bible prophecy and because he had already told Pilate what he had come for. Look at verse 12. And from then on, Pilate sought to release Jesus. Again, Pilate didn't want to kill Jesus. But note what it took for Pilate to cave in and give Jesus over to be crucified. Notice what, what it took. Understand that Tiberius Caesar was the head king in charge in Rome at this time. Tiberius Caesar was paranoid and a recluse, and at this time he was living on the island of Capri. He was suspicious of anyone and everyone, and if there was a hint of disloyalty, there would be consequences. Now remember I told you a few weeks ago that Pilate made three really big political mistakes quickly. Mistake number one, he allowed Roman flags on the Temple Mount with Caesar's image on it. And the Jewish people said, oh, no, he did not. And they started a riot and he took them down. Mistake number two, Pilate was trying to raise money to build a reservoir. The Jews didn't want to give any money. And so Pilate sent Roman soldiers dressed like Jews to the Temple Mount. They started killing people and broke into the Temple Vault and stole the money they needed to build the aqueduct. Mistake number three. Pilate puts Roman shields around the temple and on the shield was the word Caesar is Lord. And then he went back to Caesarea Philippi. Remember, I told you he had two homes. He had one in Jerusalem and he had one in Caesarea by the sea. Pardon me, not Philippi, by the sea. He had two homes. So he went back to his home in Caesarea by the sea. Well, one day, 7,000 Jews show up on his front lawn. And one of the servants look out the living room window and they said, hey, Pi, we got 7,000 Jewish people out on the front lawn. What are we going to do about it? And they came out with their army and the Jewish people were standing there and they all laid down their swords and laid down their shields and laid down their necks on the ground as if to cut our necks off, but we won't relent on this Caesar is Lord thing and Pilate backed down. That was his third mistake. Now, verse 12, listen, I tell you all that to tell you this. Listen, saints, verse 12 is a threat. If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. In other words, you've messed up so much, one more and you're out. In other words, if you let this man go, we're going to go and tell Caesar ourselves and you will be in the unemployment line waiting for government cheese. (laughs) Amen. Pilate makes some political mistakes. But listen, Pilate was a good politician. Somebody once said a good politician doesn't throw in his hat until he knows which way the wind is blowing. That's true. And the wind is blowing in a way that the crowd thinks. Pilate is more interested in what the crowd thinks than what God thinks. And do I need to tell you that that is a problem? Do I need to tell you that you cannot be friends with God and be friends with the world at the same time? Some of y'all need to be listening to me. College folk. College folk. 
You cannot be friends with the world and be friends with God at the same time. And the Bible says that very same thing. James chapter 4, verse 4. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? That word enmity means you're at odds with God. It doesn't mean that you don't like him. It means, the word enmity means you are aggressively against him. Doesn't mean you don't like him. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Pilate wants to be friends with the world and friends with God, and you can't have them both. Some folks want them both. Some people want to be friends with the world and friends with God, or they want a party on Saturday, and then they want to go to church on Sunday. They want to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. God, God, God will not have that. And God will strategically, y'all ain't listening to me, God will strategically set stuff up so that you will have to choose. God doesn't go for his indecision stuff. That's what you do when you're buying a car. That's what you do when you're buying a house or a sweater. But when it comes to your eternity, God doesn't deal with this indecision stuff. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Will it be God? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Bible is very, very clear about these things. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Now, concerning this same situation, Luke chapter 23, verse 23, but they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the verse and the voices of these men and the chief priest prevailed. Pilate was willing, y'all need to listen to me. Pilate was willing to turn off the voice of the Holy Spirit, willing to turn off the voice of Jesus Christ, willing to turn off the voice of his wife saying, have nothing to do with this righteous man. Turn off the voice of his own conscience. Pilate wanted to go along with the crowd to save his own position. And if that's what you want, you have to be willing to turn off. And he did. So Pilate's hands, Jesus over to be crucified, although he knows he's innocent. Verse 15, the crowd cried, away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said, shall I crucify your king? And they said, sad, 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 sad words. We have no king but Caesar. Matthew chapter 27, 24 and 25. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, But rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. And they said, we have no king but Caesar. Listen, that's an all too familiar saying when it comes to the Jewish people because they were constantly rejecting their king. Don't you remember in 1 Samuel chapter 8, Israel asked God for a king because they wanted to be like the uh, y'all need to y'all need to get with me here. They wanted to be like the other nations. Don't you remember that? And 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 1 Samuel chapter 8, the Bible tells us at that point that Israel was a theocracy. A theocracy is a nation ruled by God, but they wanted to be like the other nations and have a king, which would then make them a monarchy. 
a nation ruled by a king. And God gave them king who? Saul, you know that. Now again, watch the pattern of the nation. We have no king but Caesar. Israel is refusing their king. Acts chapter 7 verse 51. As they're stoning Stephen, Stephen says, which of the prophets have you not persecuted? And why do you always resist the spirit? So in Acts, they're resisting the spirit. Chapter 19, they cry out, crucify him, crucify him. They're refusing the son. Did you get that? They go from rejecting the father as a king in the Old Testament, refusing the son in the gospel, and resisting the spirit in the book of Acts. And that's why Jesus looked over Jerusalem and he wept, sobbed, Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. But even in all of this, in their rejection of God as king, read Romans chapter 9, balance Romans chapter 9, verse 11, verse chapter 9 through chapter 11. And we see that even though they constantly rejected their king, even though Israel refused the son, rejected the father, and resisted the spirit, God was faithful to keep his promise to them. Read Romans 9 through 11, and you'll see that. Matthew 27, 22, Pilate said, What then shall we do with this Jesus who is called the Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. Listen, I'm coming in for a landing right here. To everyone under the sound of my voice, listen. This is not a rhetorical question. This is a question that every single soul in this room has to answer. This is a question that demands action. It's a question about Jesus. What will you do with Jesus? For Pilate, it was the most important decision he had to make. make. And for you this morning, it's the most important decision you'll ever have to make. It's the most important decision you will ever have to make and nobody can make it for you and Pilate wanted other people to make it for him. Huh? Nobody can make that for you. Your mama can't make that for you. Your daddy who's a preacher can't make that for you. Your auntie who's an evangelist can't make that for you. Ain't nobody going to heaven on anybody else's coattail. Everybody's going to heaven because of their own relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what you need. And that's what you need to answer. I'm I'm closing. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Listen. I said it already, didn't I? What's it mean when preachers say in closing? Absolutely nothing. You have to make that decision for yourself. What are you going to do with this Man called Christ. I'm not asking you what will you do about church. I'm not asking you what you're going to do about religion or being a better person or how you're going to get in touch with your inner self. The decision is about Jesus. What will you do with Jesus? Don't get it confused. To do nothing is to do something. Huh? To do nothing is to do something. 
Some people think that they can do nothing and go, you know what, I'm, I'm not for him and I'm not against him. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Somebody wrote a song about that, didn't they? Jesus don't want to be all right with you. And you are not doing him a favor by being all right with him. You have to make a decision where you want to spend eternity. That's what it comes down to. Because I will tell you, according to Scripture, this is not my word. Listen, if I had my way about it, every single person in this room would go to heaven. Because I'm a really nice guy. (laughs) And I would want everybody to go to heaven. But it ain't my rules. I'm I'm trying to see Jesus just like you. I don't really get it with, with, honestly, side note, I don't really get it with these pastors who, like, you know, up here and, you know, the people are down there, you peasant people, you know, and they've got armor bearers around them. Don't touch the pasta. I'm like, where do they make these people at? I'm like, where do, where do they come from? I mean, you need to see. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you make or don't make. Every man needs to see Jesus. Every man needs to make a decision about Jesus Christ for themselves. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big your church is. I don't care if you have the largest church in America. Someday you will stand before Jesus and give an account for the largest church in America. I don't want that. I can tell you right now. Anybody who knows me personally, and they really know me personally, they know, they will tell you, I am blown away that this church is the size that it is. I am blown away. I honestly never wanted, I remember saying to my wife, Years and years ago, I said, man, if we had money, if we had 250 people, I would be like, oh, my God. It's like a huge church. If we had 250 people, it's a huge church. I remember thinking that because I, 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 I just always, I, I understand that, that to everyone that God brings to this pasture to be under the leadership of this pastor, I am the shepherd of your soul. I am accountable for you. I don't want to be accountable for 67,000 people. (laughs) Amen. Now, if God don't get me wrong, if God gives me that many, he will give me grace. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he'll give me grace to do it. I'm happy. I honestly am happy. You know, we look at the Nehemiah Project, that's beautiful. And it will be beautiful in God's time. But right now, Pastor Rodney's happy. I don't need one more person. Somebody tell me they're going to another church. I'm like, amen. <laughs> amen. I'm going to speak in tongues. Almost test the spirit. Somebody told me the last Sunday, they said, you know, well, we're leaving. We're going to the church across town. I was like, I was, well, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. So what you going to do with Jesus? Search your heart. Search your heart, really. Are you going to keep teetering like, you know, well, you know, really happy on Sunday. 
Church was great. Word was great. Worship was great. Monday, eh. Tuesday, eh. By Saturday, you like sunk. Can't wait the Sunday come. Oh, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You going to keep doing that? How long you going to do that? God don't want you to have that roller coaster Christianity. I know what I'm talking about because I had it. Past tense had it. God wants you steady. Every day. I love him. I'm serving him. I'm reading his word. I'm, 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 I'm committed my heart to him. And, and I'm just in devotion toward him every single day about my father's business. Because I don't know about you, but look around. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Right? The question, what will you do with this man called Jesus Christ? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.